We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in. It is Groundhog's Day in here, February 2nd until eternity. No, it's uh, November 14th, uh, 7.36 a.m. Mountain Time. And here we are again, Scott. Uh, The Broncos failing to capitalize off an incredible defensive performance as the Broncos offense lays an egg and Denver goes to Tennessee. Toughest matchup of the year. Uh, even though Titans were without five of their six, five of their 11 starters on defense, but Denver loses 17 to 10 world of misery, world of misery, dilly dilly, uh, man, I it's, it was, it's rough, man. It's rough out here in Broncos country. And, uh, I guess before we get even digging into the game, how are you doing? Good to see you again. Uh, we just came over from the Falcons, uh, another team in, in a little bit of misery. Yeah. I mean, uh, it felt like just the first half, I was I was listening to it on the the Broncos call. I was listening to it on the radio, and it just felt like a microcosm of the entire season of all the things. You know, one of my favorite phrases. You know, people say, "Oh, you shouldn't stereotype." One of my favorite phrases is, "How do you think they become stereotypes?" You know, it's not because of the exception to the rule; it's because it happens a lot. So, first play of the game. Oh, Jerry Judy's down. Doesn't look good. Um, you know, out. Melvin Go- Melvin Gordon fumbles the ball, and it looks like, oh, it looks like it's out. I don't know why they're not challenging it. It's run the play. The Broncos are running up to the clock to try and get a playoff, and now they're not. Snap the ball. Snap the ball. Uh, Melvin Gordon drops a pass. Um, you know, the, the interior line's getting blown up. I'm like, man, I could have called this game. I'm pretty sure I did before, yeah. before it even starts. The injuries are crazy. I... The one thing I would say, the one redeeming factor, and I said this to Chad, and I'm like, all right, let's try and play the optimist side of this, is if my opinion of Nathaniel Hackett as a head coach was already rock bottom, really, there's it'd be hard to go any worse. I'd feel a little bit better. It's like if it was ticking anywhere, it actually, I think it ticked up just a notch in this game from rock bottom to, okay, these guys were playing hard. The problem is, is he has built in no goodwill at all. He's mm-hmm. got none. So you don't want to hear about Quinn Bailey starting at, you know, having to play at right tackle. Uh, Luke Wattenberg at center. Calvin Anderson at left guard. Uh, I don't care that you lose your second wide receiver. That People, they're, they're over it now. He, he has no goodwill built in. Nick, of the players you projected in, in August, 
or whatever. Let's include Tim Patrick. I don't remember exactly when he got hurt. It was it was yeah. in there. But as we're looking at this team in July and going over the schedule, how many starters on offense were on the field to finish that game? Cortland Sutton, Dalton Reisner, Quinn Miners, Russell Wilson. We can debate on Greg Dulcich whether he's a starter or not because he had a weird offseason. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, you just go through the numbers right now, getting into the injuries. The Broncos are out four offensive tackles. Uh, you have- but that's that's it. It was those four. Yeah, and and, and then you're, and in some positions you're in multiple. You're on your third string guys. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, if you if you if you just put your blinders on and look at this game in a vacuum, there's no way the Broncos win this game they're they're way too beat up and they and they still and, and the thing is is they still were in it that's what i mean by if i'm trying to take the positive side of things when and, and i know broncos country doesn't want to hear it right now i know mm-hmm. but this team is decimated by injuries but nathaniel hackett has no goodwill built up none zero so he's not getting any slack at all because he hasn't earned it yeah i mean the other thing is the Broncos, they have a lot of injuries on offense, but you bring in a quarterback of what you believe to be franchise caliber, and there should be a a baseline. I know that the offensive, especially at the end of the game, the offensive line was dinged up, but it's not just this game. Uh, mm-hmm. It's the entire season. Uh, when they have had healthier guys out there, right. they still uh, have been playing horrible, anemic, head-scratching offense. Mm-hmm. Some of that is a lot. A good bit is not all on Nathaniel Hackett. A good bit is also on the quarterback that the Broncos are handcuffed to for the next three and a half seasons. That looks like it could be a, an anchor uh, for this team going forward, given how bad Russell Wilson is playing. Now the offensive line is hurt. The wide receivers are hurt, but you're, you're also without your number one running back uh, and Javonta Williams, which your running game looks atrocious uh, out there. Melvin Gordon can't hold onto the ball. It's a rugby scrum. Every time with Latavius Murray, there's no chance of explosive runs because it's just pile pushing. Uh, so it's a, uh, it's big sad out there, uh, but let's say hello to some people in the chat out here. Uh, we'll we'll help you exercise some of those uh, demons and talk through it today. Uh, we got uh, our guy Duke Rose coming in saying hashtag not again. Yep, uh, here we go again, everybody. Uh, Kevin Gray coming in saying good morning, Broncos country, Nick and Scott. I've been a fan for years. This is the worst seven-year drought. We deserve it. Better build the damn offensive line. They need, they need offensive linemen first and foremost, but at this point, they need wide receiver as well. I mean, I don't know if the Broncos country, thank God, uh, for us, we're not the national laughing stock because there was potentially game of the year uh, being played at the same time with the Bills and the Vikings. But Stefan Diggs and Justin Jefferson, neither of those teams' offensive lines are incredible, uh, but they have guys where they can just close their eyes and toss it up to and uh, make plays, which the Broncos do not have uh, right now. You obviously, without Tim Patrick, a serious knee injury. He says he's ahead of schedule. Everybody's ahead of schedule in the best shape they've ever been in the offseason. Uh, so we'll, I don't know if you can depend on him going into next year. The Broncos looked to trade both KJ Hamler and Jerry Judy, who are now both hurt and have been hurt a majority of their career in Denver so far. And Cortland Sutton has just not been, he's not a number one. He's a very good ex. Uh, a lot of teams would love to have him. He's not a go-to uh, guy that teams like have to shift coverage on and he's going to get his no matter what. So wide receiver also, I think is up near the top uh, for the Broncos. Ideally it's offensive line that they're building this off season, but they're going to have to remake both. a you're, yeah, you, you have you to have can. both. You can you yeah. can get both. You've got the resources to do both. Yeah. If the if you at least in the draft, you know, to go number one and to go. I've I've been saying offensive line as loud as anybody. You know, Scott, enough. You're mm-hmm. beating the. I, I know, I, I know. 
but that doesn't mean I have to go offensive line with the first round pick that you've gotten in order to make this offensive line eons better. I don't have to. No. Yeah. They're going to have to figure it out for sure. Ideally you go heavy on the offensive line and it's probably a couple of years before it starts to work out for you there, but uh, it's rough. Kevin Gray, um, seven year drought. Talk about the offensive line. Also, I think the Broncos are about to enter the longest playoff drought in the AFC. Now there's only one team right now in the AFC that have a, has a longer playoff drought than the Broncos. And that is the New York jets. Jets looking feisty right now. Uh, might make it, but Denver at three and six pretty much hopes for the playoffs this season, all but died with that one. I don't care what Hackett has to say about, oh, teams get hot. Then not this team, not getting hot, not this injured, not what's going on on offense. Jesse Fraley coming in saying, good morning, y'all. Can't wait to hear your take on this because after yesterday's game, my thoughts are more along the lines of, aren't there better things I can be doing on Sunday? Yeah, Broncos country probably quickly approaching apathy. Uh, we appreciate everyone joining us and hanging out with us in here today, uh, but it's the same the same dad damn sad song and dance uh every single week so far a few stats here scott for you on this broncos team so far this season number one defense in points per game uh so far this year number 32 uh offense in points per game i don't think there's been a team if i remember correctly there hasn't been a team in the super bowl era that has been both typically if you're so good in one area the other side can you know shorter fields better Mm -hmm. positions and you put up the raw stats that are better which means that Broncos offense is probably worse than what their output is because they're being put in better situations and the defense is probably better. Now, that being said, the little caveat here that the Broncos special teams is, but, um, but <laughs> I digress, but what, ah, um, two T's. <laughs> I, um, so, uh, listening yesterday to, uh, I, I like, I, I really do like listening to the audio call. They, the, the local guys have more to say about the team than the national guys mm-hmm. typically. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And this may have come up, but at one point, six of 11 Denver Broncos drives started inside their own 10. Mm-hmm. Six of 11. That spanned two games, but six of 11 inside their own 10. Why is that? Well, you get pinned in once, a three and out, 
you're you're on the wrong side of the field the whole time. Yeah. What game did I say that this had to mirror in order to win? The 49ers game. The 49ers game, you got field position and you were able to keep it. You know, you weren't you weren't moving the ball, but neither were the 49ers. So you were pinning them back, pinning them back, pinning them back, and eventually something's going to break. You'll something good will happen, even if it's your your field goal kicker. But it's uh it was the offense is awful and the defense is really good. Last year, you know, the, the defense had the points per game. This is a better defense. This is a much better defense than last year. It is unfortunate. Um, more stats for you guys. The Broncos, they are a good defense. I don't know if they are an elite. Uh, deep. I don't think they're an elite to the point where they can dictate uh, because mm -hmm. every single pretty much every single game this season, the Broncos have given up points going into halftime. Uh, if they hold that team to a touch or a field goal there, we might be talking about a different game flow. You still, the final score would have been 13 to 10 instead of 17 to 10. And they're not turning it over enough to be one That's, of those teams where, yeah. you know, the, the, the Tampa Bay, the Super Bowl defenses we think of, uh, the Denver defense of the, of Super Bowl, the Baltimore Ravens, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Chicago Bears, those were defenses. Those were historical defenses that could win games on their own because they were so ferocious that they mm -hmm. were they were turning the ball over, short fields, scoring points on their own. This is a I'm going to smother you, and we'll you're not going to beat us by by scoring points, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> you're not going to beat us, but you know by we're just not beating you with turnovers and sacks and you know mm -hmm. that. But that's okay. I mean. At some point, I got no complaints with this defense is what I'm trying to say. This defense is enough. This is a championship caliber defense, without yeah. a doubt. If you had a top 15 level offense with the way the defense is playing right now, you're probably talking about a team that wins 10, 11 10. games. But yeah, I mean, they'd, they'd be Nine really pushing. Yeah, but alas, 32nd uh, offense in football so far this season. Uh, Jetty Splash coming in here, $5 saying, uh, great quarterbacks get angry and play explosively better when behind Russell Wilson doesn't and won't 250 million, 250 million. I mean, gosh, that's, that is, seems like a fake number uh, to me. The issue for the Broncos, it's, it's the three and a half years with the dead cap. You are married to him for the rest of this season. Going to have to figure it out next season. Maybe there's a world where you just take the dead cap and move on. If it's this level of poor uh, for the Broncos, um, not next season, but maybe 2024, get out there even a year earlier. Um, but uh, you're going to have to figure it out. And it's unfortunate because let's say Nathaniel Hackett, it'd be shocking if he stays around at this point. The quarterback, the offense, the head coach that you bring in is going to have to be married to Russell Wilson as well, which, I mean, if I was a head coach that, uh, you know, wanted to, you know, keep my job, would I wanted to be married to what we've seen from Russell Wilson so far this year? Hell no. I mean, I know that you can make me a really rich coach in Denver with this new ownership group, but not with what uh, Russell Wilson has been there. You're getting married to a quarterback that isn't even of your choosing, uh, which is insane. It's it's un utterly unfathomable how far we've gone uh, off the rails with this Russell Wilson stuff and how far off he is compared to what he looked like in Seattle. He looks slower. Uh, the decision-making is horrible. Scott, you said you listened to it on the radio. This Broncos game, the Titans probably dropped three interceptions uh, where he's just throwing it downfield to nobody. Uh, the only play this Broncos team had this week, and we've said it all off season uh, and this season too, is 60 plus 70 yard touchdown to Jalen Virgil where the Titans play cover zero for God knows what reason why um, the Broncos were a, a touchdown. That was a fluke. It's yeah. like, and, and that was part of it too. One of the questions is like, oh, here's Jalen Virgil. Then the calls for Jalen Virgil. Why haven't we seen more of Jalen Virgil? 
this is the it was you you saw both you saw this is why we want to see Jalen Virgil and then the rest of the game is why we haven't seen Jalen Virgil because he had his first catch for 66 yards and a touchdown he finished with one catch 66 yards and a touchdown I don't I don't think he caught it again I think that was it I mean he does it was a it was it's a he's a gadget type of guy it's a night you know the one trick pony is one trick's freaking awesome but you can't you can't have him out there you know he's not he's not an nfl wide receiver yet it's just the way it is he's a 10 flat 100 meters he might be the fastest guy in the nfl but again as long as i just don't play cover zero against him i'm okay (laughs) or even cover one um and that's we're gonna have a lot of talk this offseason trying to figure out how it all works uh, for this Broncos team, but Jacob Foster coming into the support. Also shout out Jetty splash for the $5. Good to see you both. Thank you for the support on the show. Uh, we got Rob Buxbaum at the game saying, good morning, Nick and Scott. It was, it's my fault. I was at the game. Look awful seeing it live. Yeah. Playing ugly and ugly uniforms against a ugly team. Um, but positives in this game. Um, this will just lean into some of it. And uh, first Jeremy saying any optimism dissipating on this team. Doesn't feel like hope is coming. Tough day to be a Bronco fan. The defense played incredible. I mean, let's just let's get into it. Um, players who stood out in this game uh, for the Broncos on the defensive side of the ball. I thought that Patrick Sertan again had an incredible game. There was a couple plays where maybe close to an interception, uh, but he played awesome football out there. DJ Jones, uh, Draymond Jones, and uh, Mike Purcell on the defensive front. What did okay? So the Titans run game uh, today: nineteen carries for Derrick Henry for fifty-three yards, average of two point eight yards per carry and a long of 10. I mean, that's you, you can't do better than that. Uh, I guess you could have punched the ball out or something, but against Ryan Tannehill, or against uh, Derrick Henry, you can't do better than that. And also, shout out, I thought maybe the best game of the year from Josie Jewell, who was flying around, uh, making plays all like a, a sweeper uh, that second level of the defense. So they had a good game. The only guy on the defense that I thought played crap football was uh, Kareem Jackson, who had an interception go right through his hands, got beat for a both touchdowns uh cream jackson was directly responsible for in some way so a bad game from cream jackson he looks old and slow despite wearing that captain uh, newly minted captain yeah kareem jackson we had that discussion last week didn't mm-hmm. we about you know it was a guy on his decline who you have said you know i'm like just describe him his play this season and there wasn't a positive in there it was replaceable slow old all of mm-hmm. these things it's like and we're gonna make him the new captain that that don't make no sense also yeah. uh watching a little bit the uh the early returns on your new guys weren't weren't all bad chase Edmonds played okay oh yeah jacob um, martin jacob martin looked good coming yeah. off the edge i thought that that first uh offsides call was iffy i mean maybe yeah. he lined up I, they didn't show i was watching the condensed version so it didn't show a full replay but you know he just kind of leaned and got back and then him and Benito met right at the quarterback, so that was that was uh, that was solid. Um, and Jeremy, when Jeremy's turned, it's turned. You know, Jeremy, Jeremy's. I can I can read the comments. Uh, the the optimism's gone. One last thing here, we'll, we'll hit on this again, Nick. But I, I I see the the calls for trade Russell Wilson, trade Russell Wilson, and we have a more intimate group here in the mornings. You know, mm-hmm. not the the 2000 people that come in on the gut reaction where we've got a lot of new people, but just in case anybody happens to watch us, I, I just want to reiterate again, why that's not happening. Um, the dead cap. And I know this is going to be repetitive to some of y'all, but bear with me here. The dead cap, you pay 
people in bonuses and then you stretch out the years in the contract. The guaranteed number is all that really matters. The guaranteed number counts against your salary cap, whether he is with your team or not. If he's not with your team, all of that dead cap that you've spread across, all of that salary cap number that you've spread across five years jumps to the one year that you get rid of him, okay? So the salary cap this year is $208 million. In 2023, Russell Wilson has a dead cap number of $107 million. So if you were to trade Russell Wilson in the offseason, if anybody picked up his money, if you cut him, you would lose $107 million of your salary cap. If somebody picked up some of his money, you'd take 107 minus whatever they pay. At most, 10, 15. You're talking $90 million of salary cap that is now unusable for your team. Okay, what about the next year? $85 million. $85 million for a 36-year-old Russell Wilson. He's got an 85 cap number in 2024. You're not getting rid of him then either. So the the best case, it's like, okay, Russell Wilson is washed. Best case is somebody comes in and figures out how to use him and listen, you're either going to play this way and play better or you're going to sit on the bench. That's best case. The next scenario is he doesn't play at all. You're, you're just, you're, you bench him and you've got a $50 million backup because it's cheaper for your team and more beneficial for your salary cap numbers to have him on the bench and sitting and watching than it is to get rid of him because he would count more detrimental against your salary cap. So those of you talking about trading Russell Wilson, getting rid of Russell Wilson, the very first time that is even a chance of happening is 2025 when his dead cap drops to 49 million. That's the first possibility that Russell Wilson is not going to be a Denver Bronco. Yeah, and looking at his uh, salary cap over here on SpotRack, uh, you can move on from him with a post-June 1st uh, release designation, which is still going to result in a $49 million dead cap hit. Uh, but years. So you'd have right. two and a half more years of Russell Wilson. That's the rest mm-hmm. of this year and uh, 2023 and 2024. Right. You'd have an $18.5 million, million dead cap hit in 2025 a $31.2 million dead cap hit in 2026, but you get $37 million in cap savings for 2025 that then you can roll over. Probably That's probably the earliest and most likely route here uh, for the Broncos, unfortunately. Maybe that's something where, I mean, really the way it sets up right now, so looking at the contract again, he'd play out next season, 2024. Uh, if the Broncos are this bad again, you're picking top, the Broncos right now sending the seventh overall pick uh, to the Seahawks. And the schedule does not get easier for Denver. Uh, let's say you're picking up in that area again uh, next season because the offense continues to struggle that much. You're picking in the top 10. You, you probably are considering taking a quarterback uh, that early because that cost-controlled asset up there can offset some of the Russell Wilson stuff, and then you move on from him as soon yep. as possible. I'm almost curious if Russell Wilson's team would work out something contractually uh, to get him to be moved on from because right now they have to pay it back. They he'd might do something. Back that, he'd have to pay back that money for, for you to get some of it. You know, it'd be almost like if you retired, you, you're allowed to recoup yeah. some of that signing bonus back if you retired. Yep. So, I mean, I guess that could be best case. Best case is he retires. That ain't happening. No. <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, let's say hello to some more people in the chat here. Uh, Blave Bliss saying, who's Nathaniel Hackett? Never heard of him. Yeah, pretty rough. Uh, DeHine coming in. Good morning, Broncos country. I'm driving to work today, and the sky is orange and blue. Must be a good sign. Good <laughs> things to come in the future. You hope so. That's because um, Cadillac Williams has taken over at Auburn. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. 
But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. That'll be fun. Um, I was hoping you guys would maybe make a run at Lane Kiffin, but we'll see. Uh, JJ, good morning. Nick and Scott in Broncos country. Good to see you. Archie, uh, Aki Dragon coming in. Jerry Judy, another great pick by Elway. Yeah, that's uh, that's unfortunate. Um, no doubt about that. We got Ryan Slavic in the house saying, good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. Terrible offensive coaching. Too many energy uh, injuries. No discipline. No accountability. That pretty much sums it up. Uh, you forgot also getting schlacked uh, in the special teams side of things. I think this Broncos team, uh, if you had, you could play suffer ball uh, to an extent if you weren't constantly losing the hidden yardage battle. At some point, you need to go, this might be an off-season project, go game by game just to see the yardage differential uh, for the Broncos. Because uh, it's kind of like, I think about special teams kind of like tug of war, where every time you do that, you flip in the field position. Maybe you're going to relent a little bit of ground. Maybe you're going to gain some. And the Broncos, for sure, uh, lost ground on this one from bad punts to bad punt coverage to bad punt returning. Um, and there was a lot of punts in this game. If you talk about flipping the field even once or making the, the Titans, you know, play from inside their 20, even once, I mean, maybe there's a pick six, maybe you get the ball a little bit better, uh, but you're constantly, you're not marrying the special teams to the defense. And when your offense is ranked 32nd, it's not good enough. Uh, Jelly coming in saying, uh, who's Shane Steichman? Uh, is he better than Reich? Um, MHH. Steichman is the offensive coordinator right now for, I think that's, I'm saying the na name, right? Maybe it's Steichen. Um, offensive coordinator for the Eagles. Sounds like he's going to be a hot candidate as is the Eagles, uh, defensive coordinator, Josh Gannon, uh, two names to keep an eye on. The thing that I'm a little bit concerned about the offensive coordinator for the Eagles is that he's not calling the plays. That's Nick Sirianni, their offensive minded head coach. But, um, Mike McDaniel wasn't calling the plays in, uh, San Francisco. And that he seems to be working pretty well. So, it just comes down to the leadership and the football mind and hopefully yeah, not getting it's, pulled It's in. also important that you're not, you're not earning your name off the back of a mega quarterback. You know, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I, I've talked about, you know, talented people take talent for granted. I learned this like when magic Johnson, the first time I saw him try and take over as a head coach and in, in basketball, he he's used to doing things that other people just can't do. Yeah. So, I've got guys that are coming out from under having Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers, and all of a sudden they're not doing as well. Well, no kidding. 
you know, go, go out there. You know, I, I talk about that with, with head coaches for, um, coming out of college too. I don't want the head coach for Ohio state. They're, they're going to out talent 99 out of hundred teams that they're going to play. I want an offensive coordinator coming out of the Mac or the mountain West where those guys have to coach because the talent level is fairly equal. Um, Steichen, um, has been on the right track though, and has done it in different ways with the chargers and the Eagles. So, um, you know, again, somebody, somebody definitely watch. good shout jelly. Yeah. Good shout. Indeed. Uh, we appreciate you coming and thank you for the support. Uh, we got Mark Linda mode in the house saying, uh, how do you yet again, Nick and Scott, good to see you. We got Lil yell coming in saying rusted to make his bones, reading defenses and making smart, quick throws. It's delusional. I think will change now at 34. I mean, that's the tough reality of the situation here for the Broncos, right? Russell Wilson, there was, he did, he played tough in the pocket in this game to give him credit. There was a few plays back there where he stood tall and kind of made some guys miss, but his, his jets are not there anymore. It seems like when he's trying to get, escape the pocket after making that guy miss, it used to be, he would, you know, put his foot in the ground and move North and South, almost like a running back. Now it's a little bit more running in sand or quicksand uh, from him there. And then launching plays down the field. Russell Wilson is also struggling in the quick game. That's always been the case for him. Making reads, uh, full field reads, always been a struggle for him. I mean, as terrible as it sounds, uh, the let Russ cook movement probably need, it should have died a while ago, but it really needs to die this offseason. I think the only way that you can probably salvage this offense and make it average uh, going forward is you lean really hard into dominant run game personnel. When has the Broncos offense, passing offense been the best? It's the down the field home run throws against single high or no safety looks. What the hell was that call? I still don't get it. That was the only Broncos only touchdown on a cover zero. Anyway, um, <laughs> stupid. Uh, but I think you need to lean really hard into the run game personnel this off season and force teams to play with stacked boxes, more cover one, because then you have a higher chance of hitting those home run balls, which is pretty much the only thing Russell Wilson's doing at an above average level right now. That, that's poor advanced scouting too. You know, yeah. when you've got a half a billion dollar operating budget, someone should be knowing every player on that roster that comes on the field and say, hey, back up. This guy can fly. Uh, Steve Stanton coming in. Appreciate you coming in, Steve, with the stars. There is not a silver bullet fix here. There are so many issues on the offensive side of the ball, but it's going to take a very smart head coach to identify the issues and put a plan in place to fix it. Cannot change the offense at this point, but a good head coach would use a player's strengths to boost the offensive production. Yeah, and, and is that you know, is that going to happen this year? No, I mean that's the problem. And and as far as it doesn't take a very smart, <clears throat> excuse me, head coach to identify the issues. I always said questions are easy, answers are are harder. So I mean, idiots like me can figure out the big problems. You know, when you're 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 getting whipped on the offensive line. After that, until you fix that, I don't know what else is wrong. Um, so f start there, but fixing that isn't always as easy as it sounds. So the 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 identification is easy. Fixing it's the hard part, um, and that takes some time. It takes some time, and it takes some resources. And every resource you plug into the offensive line is something you're taking away from a different part of the team. Uh, great comment, Stephen. Uh, feels like a newer name. Appreciate you being here today. Yeah, appreciate you, Stephen. JJ in the house. Uh, coming in saying the hardest part for me is the games aren't even fun to watch. Even if they win, the game is entertaining. Defense looks good, but there aren't any big plays uh, there either. Yeah, you talked about it earlier, Scott. The turnovers are not there. Um, unfortunately, I'm living in a dual uh, weekly 
suffer ball football game here where the, the Iowa Hawkeyes offense is even worse than the Broncos offense, believe it or not. Uh, but the Bronco, the uh, Iowa's defense is creating turnovers and creating points off turnovers. And the special teams is elite. Um, and right now, because of how bad the Broncos offense is, you have to have the special teams playing at a top five level and the defense creating points, which is insane. Uh, but that's, it's not happening right now because I think NFL teams are more disciplined, uh, much better executing and better at protecting the football than a lot of college teams are obviously. So it's uh it's frustrating. No doubt. Uh, see Patrick Havner coming in with the support. We appreciate you. See Patrick. Um, no doubt. Uh, if you have anything to say also, we appreciate you. Um, Jeffrey Hill Hilger coming in on Facebook saying me, uh, we have a head coach that likes to bring in running backs and tight ends for workouts. I don't think he's smart enough to bring in offensive line guys. Bringing in offensive line guys at this point in the season is not going to do much for you because the offensive line guys that are available right now to bring in for workouts, you're fielding them right now in Quinn Bailey and Luke Wattenberg. Uh, so you're not, it's going to have to be an off season uh, assault by George Payton uh, to go out there and improve the offensive line. You're going to have to use draft picks, but more importantly, I think you're going to have to use a uh, cap space. Uh, you're going to have to go out there and pay some guys because there's no guarantee that the offensive lineman that you draft uh, is going to be better than even what Cam Fleming has brought this season uh, for you guys, especially at tackle. Tackle typically takes a couple seasons, unless you're talking about a lottery ticket level of player. Typically, yeah, I would. Uh, but you can get better again. Oh, you yes. Know, the, the 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 bowls bowls coming back is is a big part of this equation. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want to have to fix both tackles. Good lord, yeah. bowls comes back and plays at an average level. I'm okay there, yeah. and I can get I can get like we've talked about. You know, if, uh, if if I need to bolster, if I need another corner or I need an edge or whoever is there with the first round pick that the, the Broncos get from the 49ers, that doesn't have to be offensive line. It doesn't have to be to, to get better. I can get a right tackle, second, third, fourth that can play at a starting level. I can get guards and centers, second, third, fourth that can play at a starting level and play early. Are they Super Bowl caliber? Maybe, maybe not. Ask Creed Humphrey. But I can improve. I can get better. And, and you know, I've seen some comments here, and I feel bad about this because the one guarantee, this is why I don't speak in, in, in absolutes ever. I just did it again. Um, is that this was going to be more fun. This team was going to be more fun because you're going to be more attacking on offense and attacking on defense. Defense is holding up its side. You're, you are more attacking. You are a lot more fun to watch. They're flying to the ball. They're forcing punts. But the offense has been three step backwards from a team that had a bad offense. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's uncanny, statistically improbable. Yeah. It's bad. Also, this team is crazy injured. Um, we've said it already. I mean, just going through the list of guys that are, you talked about who's still here. Well, who's out uh, Four four of your top three of your top four wide receivers are out. Uh, Jerry, Judy, KJ Hamler, uh, Tim Patrick, Four of your top five offensive tackles are out. Uh, Garrett Bowles, Cam Fleming, Billy Turner, Tom Compton. Your two top interior offensive linemen at center are out. Uh, Lloyd Cushenberry, Graham Glasgow. Your top running back is out, Javonta Williams. I mean, not many teams could do that unless they had a franchise-level quarterback, which Russell Wilson is far from that right now, unfortunately. Uh, Benjamin Flores coming in saying, morning, gentlemen. Good morning to you. Michael Ronquillo, all saying good morning. Uh, good to see you, Michael. And uh, Cristiano coming in here down from in Brazil, saying morning, guys, and uh, fan fam. Yet again, another dull Monday for the Broncos fans. Now we got to focus on the draft. Yeah, it's um, 
you got to start winning some games here. We cannot give the Seahawks a top 10 pick. That's too much. Um, Jeremy Sean coming in saying it's 40% injuries, 40% rust and 20% Hackett. I heard it's a hundred percent. God, what, what was that song? The rap? It was 10% will that no. Okay. Remember the name? No, I digress. It's not from like eighties. I won't know rap. No, it's from like the two thousands. It was the rapper yeah. that was in uh, Lincoln park. <laughs> no, I, um, I, uh, I think I told you this that we're, we won't get into that. I I'm not a not a big country fan, not a big rap fan. I'm uh, I'm pretty much I'm pretty much a hard rock dude. Yeah. I branched out a little bit here and there, but I don't listen to the radio much. It's uh it's more like playlist, play, shuffle. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. It's uh Fort Minor was the name of the band. So that's Never what I remember there. Never heard of them. You heard of Lincoln Park before, I'm sure though. Oh yeah, well Lincoln Park's hard rock who mixes in yeah. uh overtones of hip hop for sure but they're it's it's more about the guitars and the 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 the, the music that goes behind it here yeah. comes the music to my ears is Naj coming in Naj you snuck in on me I didn't even see you come in while we were talking music here so this has been the most painful and disappointing season I can remember it's the hope that kills we gave up so much for Russ to be in the last and offense is utterly disheartening I feel Hackett must do something like give up play calling as soon as he gives up play calling when he'll he's packing his yeah. he's packing his stuff in his desk to be gone i mean that's again he hasn't shown enough as a head coach to say okay we really want to keep you on as a head coach why don't you designate the play calling and that happens like year three or four when okay I've, I've built this system now it can run on its own he hasn't built a system he, he hasn't gotten anything that's sustaining. And and going back to Jeremy Sean's 40% injuries, 40% rust, 20% Hackett. I like the numbers. Um, I would put more on Hackett than Russ at this point. But, you know, again, if I had a competent offensive line, then I'm, you know, and, and I didn't see such buffoonery in the first part of the season from Hackett. I might say it's on Russ, but there's, again, circuit breakers blown and the 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 cords cut i don't know if my refrigerator needs coolant or not i i I, i'm just i'm not sure on russ russ hasn't been great but everything before him has been so bad that it's tough and yes naj i think again you're still trending on the the one and done for for nathaniel hackett you're gonna be in the market for a coaching change new ownership group they won't mind i i mentioned this in the chat and, and chad said it and uh you know they they, they're not going to feel bad I said about firing Coach Hackett, well, especially when they're going to write him about a $30 million check. And then they're going to be like, what the F are we doing here? It's like, yeah. oh, they're billionaires. They don't care. Billionaires still care. You know, people don't like waste. They don't like wasting money. It doesn't matter how much they have of it, typically. And it's like, we're writing this guy a check for what? Because he did what? That's yeah. going to rankle some people the wrong way, but they'll do it because they can. Yeah, people uh, don't like wasting money. Hurt billionaires don't like wasting money unless they're buying uh, social media platforms, I guess <laughs> I had to get in the joke. Uh, Miguel coming in here. I'm about three weeks late, but I'm finally on the fire Hackett, uh, Butch Berry and Lauren Landau trade. Yeah. Broncos going to figure out something <clears throat> um, going on uh, with the injuries. No doubt. And uh, I did want to give a shout out to Bama X. Thank you. This is another player I wanted to give a shout out to Nick Benito. I thought had a great game um, as well. I thought the Titans would, target him systematically. I did not see a lot of Deshaun Williams out there. I think the Broncos made the call to move DJ Jones over to that four eye spot and have Priscilla knows more and worked out pretty well. Uh, but yeah, Nick Benito had a good game. He, I still don't feel comfortable about him being a starter uh, long-term, but I thought that he definitely is. It looks like a quality first guy off the bench and with how much you rotate 
uh, edge rushers in today's NFL with certain packages, there's a lot of value for him if you continue to play this style of defense. Now, if you go to a style of defense that's more like the Titans or the Bills, I don't know what you do with him. Uh, he's not going to be a good fit uh, for them, but we'll see. Hopefully they can keep Evero around, Jiro uh, Evero around because he's been awesome. Uh, Jelly's also awesome coming in. 199 saying, wouldn't be mad at the first three picks or offensive line. You need to figure out the offensive line before the draft. You can't go into the draft where you have to spend the first three picks on the unit. Uh, that's just bad practice, bad business, and bad long-term uh, investment. You need to pay a right tackle. You need to pay an interior offensive lineman and figure out something with Garrett Bowles there. And then you can look in the draft and ideally first pick as an offensive lineman. I think there's a good chance there's an offensive tackle for the Broncos there, given what this class is shaping up to be like. But you need to figure out at least have fielding a competent offensive line before you even get into the draft. Going real quick, Nick, going back to Nick Benito, uh, Bleacher Report did a one player on each NFL team who could break out the second half of the season. They named Nick Benito. Bleacher did on this, and they said he played a season high fifty eight percent of the snaps, rewarded the team with his first sack and a forced fumble, um, and he should get more of a chance to play in the second half of the season, especially with the injuries and the trades. So um, that one has has worked out well. But Jelly, I, I don't. Again, I wouldn't mind this. Again, if if that's how the if the, if the best player there is an offensive tackle and you take him in the first round, okay. And if you it comes a second round, you end up with a, a guard and a center your team just got a hell of a lot better. You know, if there's nobody else there to take now, you don't want to pass over guys again, reaching is when you get in trouble, but yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be mad either. If you bring in three offensive linemen that are, that are, that are, will upgrade the team, your team's going to get better for sure. Mm-hmm. Again, that's, you just don't, you don't want to reach for guys. That's when you get in trouble. You don't want to go in saying we need three offensive linemen, um, you know, with our first picks. No, if that's how the board falls and you do, then you'll, I wouldn't be mad either. You're never going to upset me by taking 300-pound guys in the trenches that can play. Yep. No, absolutely. And that's typically it's more of a eating your veggies kind of thing where the benefits aren't felt for a couple seasons. Uh, but probably need just to lean into that a bit. The issue is you are you do have a first-round pick now, but you're still lacking in draft capital where you can be aggressive uh, going up and getting guys without hurting the overall uh, talent on the roster. You just, you're not working with a surplus uh, by any means. So, again – I think it's one where you need to figure out bringing at least one plus starter on the offensive line in free agency and then two baseline level average guys and then go into the draft, uh, hopefully adding the position as well. You have to take an offensive lineman with one of your three top 100 picks. Uh, But I would be okay bringing, like you bring Garrett Bowles back, you probably give him a contract uh, renegotiation where you bump that guaranteed money some for next season, but lower the cap hit. Uh, make it essentially a two-year deal uh, where he's getting a little bit more guarantees on there. Kind of like what they did with Graham Glasgow. You go out there and you pay an interior offensive lineman good money at center or left guard. Uh, I got my eyes on Elton Jenkins, but so does half the NFL. And then I'm not against bringing back Cam Fleming or Billy Turner as your, we, depending on their health or an equivalent. And I, maybe I'm a Cam Fleming truther because he was great this season before his injury. Um, But then you go into the draft. Uh, if you bring in a tackle in the first round, great. Cam Fleming's your backup. If it has to be day two, then you battle that day two guy with the floor that uh, Cam Fleming uh, offers you as well. And also Cam can play guard if you want. So, And who also knows? What's the scheme going to be next year? Are they going to run, lean into a power scheme? Are they going to continue the outs- outside zone, even though it's more inside zone? We don't know uh, because we don't know what the coaching staff's going to look like. So it makes it hard. Glenda Lee coming in on Facebook saying, I want to be hopeful, but instead I'm just sad. Same. 
Although so much admiration for uh, Evero, his quiet confidence is a perfect example. I mean, he sees what his defense is looking like out there. He knows he's going to have a job next season. He's probably going to get head coaching uh, interviews next season as well, despite the ineptitude that is uh, going on in Dove Valley right now. So um, I put him on the short list. If anything, it, it, it enhances his uh, mm-hmm. stock. You know, you see everything else. It's like, and, and this guy's a shining light in a sea of luck. He's really yeah. got to step up and do something like this. So, yeah, Evero has been, again, I, I, I might, if I was to make a change, I might make Evero interterm. Mm-hmm. You know, if I were to do an, in, an in-season change, you know, or go out and hire Peyton Manning, work for Jim Irsay for at least one week, right? Yep. Colts, for those of y'all who don't follow everything religiously, Colts bring in Jeff Saturday with no previous NFL experience as a coach and go out and beat Josh McDaniels, uh, mm-hmm. who left them at the altar. Why are they hiring Josh McDaniels anyway, you idiots? Uh, anyway. I like that move. But uh, Doug Freeland coming in here saying, good morning. Do you think Peyton will survive this mess? Peyton's going to get another head coach here, uh, and it needs to be better next season. Um, I think he gets, excuse me, one more head coach. That makes it seem like if he kept Hackett, he'd still get another hire beyond that. The big one here is he has to find somebody that can make Russell Wilson work because you are married to that for the next season. He will not outlive Russell Wilson's contract if Wilson continues to play this level of football. Uh, luckily for Peyton, he is a good drafter. Uh, I guess unfortunate for the Broncos, you've lost a good bit of his class uh, from the rookie season. You know, Caden Stearns is out. Uh, Baron Browning's out. Javonta Williams is out. Those are three plus players uh, for the Broncos. And then you had a class this year that uh, I think Damari Mathis has been playing way above that you'd expect for a day three cornerback. Uh, Benito has been playing better. Dulcich is good. He had a little bit of a downer game in this one, but Russell Wilson was missing them left and right. So Peyton uh, has a chance to build up another good draft class, and that's how you really uh, keep yourself long-term. But the big thing is Russell Wilson's contract and finding an offense uh, and scheme and coach that uh, can at least make him play at a probably has to play at an above average level right now. Russell Wilson's playing at a D level. He's honestly playing worse football than what we saw last year from Teddy Bridgewater, which is insanity <laughs> to, to even mutter that, but um, it's where we are right now. Duke Rose comes in. Are you guys concerned with our wide receivers always getting injured? I'm concerned with everybody. I mean, it, it's, and, and it was, it was on both sides this time. I mean, we're, we're talking about things with blinders on, but if you're the Tennessee Titans, and you're already missing all these starters on defense. I swear, every play someone was coming off. Someone was coming off with a knock. Um, the difference is, as they talked about last night, is they don't seem to come back on with the with the Denver Broncos. They miss, and then when they go out, they stay out. Um, are you concerned with the wide receivers getting injured? Yes, um, a lot. I didn't see what happened. I, I just saw him down. But you know, did he did did Judy try and break and his ankle went because took because when you when you watch him and you watch him holding the back of his leg, you're like, okay, there's 18 months. We won't see Jerry Judy again. He just blew an Achilles, um, which is a year plus recovery yeah. for you know full recovery for an Achilles uh, for a player like Judy. Um, so yes, very concerned, and the questions are being asked now, Duke. Things will be changed in the strength and conditioning staff. I'm convinced it had been an off topic. You weren't allowed to mention it. Once state media starts asking those questions, it's basically being leaked to them that they are allowed to start asking those questions because a move is going to be made and they want to prep the fans and everybody for it. So, yes, 
something's happening and yes, everybody should be concerned. <sighs> yep. Everybody should be concerned. It's a little bit rough. Um, Naj coming in $20 saying, uh, looking at the rest of the schedule, how badly is the team is injured? I don't see the offense improving. Can't run, can't block, can't get open. Can't hit the pass when open. Can't game plan. Uh, do you see any wins left? I think the Broncos will win probably two more games. Uh, the rest of the season, maybe I probably set the over or under at one and a half. Uh, but there's, there's a few games here where I think the defense will probably hit, hit a hot spell, you know, get a couple of interceptions and the offense just kind of locks their way into it. But I mean, God, this game against the Broncos, while it looked close on uh, paper, I mean, Scott, you listened to it. There was probably three or four dropped interceptions by the Titans that were inexpl- uh, unexplainable. And also Ryan Tannehill was playing horrible football. Uh, missing guys left and right, obviously not a hundred percent. So Bronco and the Titans were missing five of their starting 11 on the defense. So probably one and a half is what I'd set it at for the rest of the season, putting this team at about, what would that be? Four and 13, five and 12. Raiders this weekend. Um, if, if Hackett loses this one, he's got to get fired, right? Like this yeah. is loser. I mean, I, loser. I, I, I kind of said that about McDaniel, you know, is this, yeah. is this one, does the loser of this game, does McDaniel make it this week? Um, make it to this week's game, yeah. and then does the loser gone? And at this point, you you stick out McDaniel's because you don't have to pay him out as much. I don't know, but um, it's arguably the two most disappointing teams in the league, and yeah. that's a bad way to be. Um, yeah. so do I see any more wins? I mean, there the defense. We said this a zillion times. I'll say it again. This defense is good enough to keep you in every game. Every Hence, every single game has been a one score game. Yeah, every, every single, single it'll keep you in every single game. So you figure one out of three will break that direction. So let's look at those games. Uh, Raiders, one score game. Panthers, at Ravens, no. Chiefs, no. Cardinals, there's three. At Rams, maybe, I'll say four. At Chiefs, no. Chargers, maybe. So yeah, you, you, if you get two out of those five to break your way, but one out of one of them might be a little more realistic. You're looking at four and 13, five and 12. Yep. That's exactly what I said <laughs> right there. Mm-hmm. One and a half is what I'd set it at. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. Van Nostrand coming in. I always like to see uh, the doc in the house saying, uh, what is firing hacking and making Evero really going to accomplish? Won't make the offense better. and will probably make the defense worse. It's about the long-term and evaluating Evero as the head coach um, this season. Right now we're, what is the rest of the season? What's the, we'll have a chance to talk about this tomorrow, but what, what should be the goals the rest of the season? Some of it should be evaluating which coaches should be staying here and whatnot. And while the defense might take a slight step back, it's about the overall team uh, getting better. Maybe Evero is better built uh, for the head coach thing. Maybe he connects better with the players in the locker room. Even if the defense steps back, it's about the overall team stepping forward. Maybe he can elevate or identify somebody in house that you want to keep. I've said this name a few times, but, People I talk to outside of Broncos country uh, in Dove Valley there, Christian Page is a defense, the defensive backs coach for the Broncos. He was a defensive backs coach under uh, Vic Fangio as well after uh, Ronaldo Hill went over to the Chargers when Brandon Staley was hired. Page is thought very, thought of very highly in the league. You have a chance that you might uh, lose him for a defensive coordinator spot this upcoming season. And um, maybe with Evero, uh, you elevate page to the defensive coordinator spot and you know, the defense keeps on rolling and you can figure out things a little bit better on the offensive side of the ball. I don't know. Um, but it's again, you're talking about this comment to me, in my opinion, uh, Van Nostrand is uh, more about the, this season, this season sunk. 
Uh, so if you have a chance to evaluate long-term and you have any questions about Evero, it's something you at least consider. It's establishing a culture from the new ownership as well with accountability saying this isn't good enough and there will be consequences. Yep. Um, no more the, the, and it's a whole lot easier to change one than it is to change 53. Um, that's why coaches who there is no salary cap for coaches. So, you know, making a change with Russell Wilson has detrimental impact to your, to your uh, salary cap. It hurts the rest of the team benching him again. That that's, that's different, but um, yeah, it, it's, it's culture. And again, if you can, Figure out that Evero is the guy right now. Wow. What would that be worth to you? Um, is, is it possible? Because he's going to get some head coaching interviews. Uh, I'll be absolutely shocked if he does not. And you had him on staff. Wow. We had him on staff and we let him go. We could have elevated him. You don't want to say that at the end. Because right now, what you're pretty sure of is Hackett's not the guy. Yeah. 100%. Uh, that's It's been rough. Um, but guys... We got to leave a little bit of meat on the bone for the rest of the week while we continue to wallow in misery and maybe find some positives here. But the defense is still playing great. Uh, Broncos fall to three and six on the season. It's rough, uh, but going to have hopefully an offseason with a first round pick now. Uh, I guess that Bradley Chubb trade is looking better and better here uh, for the Broncos. Maybe not because the 49ers continue to win, but have a first round pick, have a little bit more assets to go and attack the offense and improve that. And Benjamin Flores saying, as long as we beat the freaking Raiders next week, that's all I care about. I think this will be a uh, one that, you know, you hide your kids, uh, put away people, maybe, you know, play it, play it in a dark, play it in your basement somewhere, like hide, you know, like a Cretan or something, because uh, this is probably going to be a very ugly game. We'll see if the Broncos defense can rectify uh, this game as well. The only game so far this season that they have given up more than 17 points, which in the year 2022 is an absolutely insane uh, stat. I mean, defense can be pretty volatile week to week. Broncos have been pretty damn consistent uh, with how good they've been. So hopefully we'll get better. Uh, got a chance to win and get at least some positive momentum here and uh, maybe keep Hackett's job in Denver for at least one more week. Could it be better for Josh McDaniels and the Raiders that they're not playing at home this week? Maybe. Get out on the road. It could be yeah. a positive for them to get away from some of the distractions and the noise, uh, the booze. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll see. Uh we, we will, we will see. Yep. Well, guys, it's football. Um, it's not real life. It's a bummer when it sucks this bad, but uh, hopefully they will figure things out and uh, get on the right foot and being the Raiders at least would feel a little bit good uh, here. Cause it's always nice when Denver can beat the Raiders, but we still got almost half a season to go, but the football season is starting to wind down. Denver isn't where we'd hope they'd be, but got plenty to analyze and figure out what went wrong and how we can get things back on track in Broncos country and uh, a fun we're still going to have fun the rest of the season. You guys make it fun for us. Uh, appreciate you guys joining us today. Make sure you're following Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy. I am at Nick Kendall MHH. Also make sure you're following us at BFB underscore pod and at mile high huddle. If you haven't done so yet, make sure you join our Facebook community at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. And as the ticker says underneath, please subscribe, like, and share. You guys are great. Uh, we appreciate you, Scott. You have a great rest of your day as well. Um, continue to, uh, you know, practice, compassion, kindness, patience. <laughs> Love you guys. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country.